1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench on this glorious Sunday evening of the bank holiday. Hope you are having a fantastic weekend and we'll continue to have a fantastic weekend. The weather's played ball. It's been very, very nice indeed. We have a pack show coming your way over the next 60 minutes. We'll have reaction from Corks and Waterford today that saw them book their place in the Lidl Ladies National League semi-final against Donegal. We'll hear from Kiro Sullivan, Martino O'Brien and Paddy O'Shea and our man Germac. Who is down at Fraher Field today? We'll get his take on the game. Going to hear from Kieran Kingston after Cork's defeat to Limerick last night in their dress rehearsal for the Championship. We're talking to our friends at Cork County Cricket as they get ready to return to action. And we're talking to the Cork people who ran four miles every four hours for 48 hours. That's all to come between now and seven on the bench. Delighted you're here to keep me company for the next hour. Thank you very much indeed for that. Going to get underway with a recap of all today's action. And as I mentioned, Cork beating Waterford today in the Lidl Ladies National Football League. 211 to 28 was how it finished. And uh, we'll have reaction coming up on that in just a little bit. Elsewhere in Division 1A, Donegal beating Galway 421 to 211. Mayo beat Westmead 418 to 6 points. So Cork will not play Donegal in the last four. Dublin against Mayo is the other last four tie. In the Alliance Hurling League Division 1B, Kilkenny have beaten Leash this afternoon, 129 to 22 points. Liam Blanchfield with the goal for Brian Cody side. Elsewhere finished Tipperary 427, Westmeath 16 points, and Galway have beaten Waterford 428 to 3.23 Cracking day for Ireland's boxers two more heading to Tokyo Belfast boxers Aidan and Michaela Walsh booking their places at the games at victories at the European qualifiers in Paris today Michaela Walsh won by unanimous decision against her Swedish opponent Stephanie Thor while her brother Aidan has beaten Yvonne Barabanov of the Ukraine on a split decision Robert Aguilar and captain Seamus Coleman is out of the friendly against Hungary on Tuesday he has a hamstring injury has been able to recover on time England in action against Romania in their final warm-up game before the European Championships it is scoreless there heading into the second half and uh, Scotland our goal up away to Luxembourg at half time Shea Adams with the goals there for the Scots Elsewhere Trees United beat both 2-1 in their SSC or Trisley Women's National League game this afternoon Elsewhere today in golf Shea Best of the Irish in the final round of the Memorial Tournament today the offly native has just teed off from four to par he's in a tie for 10th 8 shots off the pace heading into today's uh, final round the lead share by Colin Marikawa and Patrick Cantlay, Roy McIlroy one under par through four of course uh, dramatic scenes last night as uh, John Ram uh, had a fantastic third round of 64 he was six shots clear got off the 18th green and was told he tested positive for coronavirus so that means he couldn't play the final round today obviously so that means Colin Morikawa Patrick Cantillay are the men to catch on 12 under par today. Roger Federer has withdrawn from the French Open. The Swiss player says he doesn't want to push himself too quickly following two knee operations. He was in court for over three and a half hours yesterday as uh, he progressed the fourth round of the competition. But he wants to keep himself fit. And look for his ninth Wimbledon title later on in the year. Second seed, Daniel Medvedev in the Greek world. Number five, Stefano Tsitsipas, Both reaching the quarterfinals with a straight sets win in the women's draw. Suna Williams trails Elena Ribekina of Kazakhstan, is set to love in their last 16 encounter. We're going to kick off the show with Gaelic Games and a reaction from Cork's win today over Waterford. John McCarthy in Fairfield for us. Going to talk to him in a bit. Going to hear first, though, from Kira
2: O'Sullivan. Okay, Kira. Uh, as tough a match as you could expect on a Waterford, but not surprising. You never get anything easy here. No, definitely not. We're well
3: used to it. It's always a massive battle, um, and today was no different. I think, lucky to get out with a three-point win there in the end. We were we were definitely hanging on, so we're delighted. We've lots to
2: take from it, but I suppose any day you do go away from home and get a win is good. Um, scoring, you've been scoring consistently in all three games this year. You must be happy with your form because you are playing very very well again today.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think they had a look at the square ball there for the goals, but. I I think they owe us one after not giving the penalty in the first half, so got away with it. But um, yeah, I think what we keep saying in the forward line is it doesn't matter who scores, and I think that's why we're getting getting a few scores on the board because everyone's being unselfish and just giving it. And I think we'll be disappointed that there wasn't another one or two goals there if we just give one pass more. So, as I said, that's something to, to work on. You know, maybe we tipped over a point or two when there was another goal or two there. So, those to work on, but I suppose we're really happy to have another
2: competitive match with championships so close. Uh, don't semi-finally is. if you, you need another stiff test you're certainly going to get that next weekend
3: definitely um, I think all, our Donegal beat Galway there so topping their group which means we're we're playing them and you know we're under no illusions how good Donegal are we always get a massive battle off them and um, next week will be no different but as I said just to have another competitive game is is what we're looking for you know it's a long run into championship otherwise so um, we're hoping that we, we give a good account of ourselves next week learn from what we did wrong this week and drive on next week
1: that's Kira Sullivan their scorer of one of the Cork goals today Gerald's got a chance to speak to Cork goalkeeper Martina
2: O'Brien Martina um very, very important that Cork got the victory today. Won by three points. Very, very difficult afternoon for the team. But in such difficult circumstances, Cork dug in, finished the game with 13 players and got the win. You came here, you got the win. Is that about as much now leading into next week that you need to focus on?
4: Um, yeah, I think, look, obviously we're not going to be happy probably with the scoreline when, when we did have so many chances. Um, it's nothing to do with Waterford. You know, like they put away the chances when they got them and they probably could have had a couple of more. But um, we need to focus on ourselves and, and we're creating the chances but I suppose we just didn't take them today um, happy with the win we'll go away we'll reassess we don't have long but you know we, we have time to, to fix the mistakes we made today and uh, focus on ourselves for Saturday
2: Is it a good thing that it's a short turn run because as you said you've really now got to focus immediately on Donegal because this is one of the best teams in the country
4: I think so I think you don't get the time to dwell on it and you just we'll go into training now the next night and work on a few things that we need to work on um, but also look I think we got out today without any injuries which is always a plus so we just recovered your the week, um, work on on maybe like there's probably a lot of structural stuff we need to work on, which isn't you know it's 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 not going to be too hard I suppose. But again, it's we're just focusing on ourselves and and Donegal. Um, look, they're one of the best teams, they're top four, five, six um, in the country. So um, they've been putting in some savage displays. We'll we'll see what they're about. You know, we'll we'll probably look at the replays of their games. But we're focusing really on ourselves and and what we can do.
2: Once again, the bench was important. A lot of young players coming in, like. So clear coming in making an impact today Valerian forwards. Um, very hot conditions out there today I don't think people realise that another bonus heading into a match wherever it is next weekend against Donegal for conditioning
4: definitely I mean we didn't actually realise I'd say the, the heat that was down here but um, yeah I suppose we're a bit lethargic as well and we're just not used to it but it's good It look it, it gave us another really really competitive game the girls put a lot of miles on the is there now and I think it'll benefit us in the long run you know um, just less time I suppose that we have to do runs or ourselves on the pitch so it's a it's a plus but no um today was good run out um i think overall we're happy because we're going on we're, we're getting another competitive game and that's really the important thing i think going forward you know we're, we're on to the next match whatever happened before that shouldn't really matter we'll we'll reassess our mistakes and and go from there but it's it's looking forward now
1: OK, for more on Cork's so win of water for today, joined by our good friend, the host of the Women in Sport podcast on FM, Every Thursday at 12, Mr. Jar McCarthy. Jer, how are you, sir? Rory, I'm really good. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. Jar. Um, that was a good win for Cork. Was it a good performance? Oh, that's a very good question. It,
0: it depends on who you're asking. I think the Cork management team and players were very frustrated, I think, of the term afterwards. They held on to win. Uh, by three points in the end against a very, very good Waterford side but it was a frustrating afternoon failed to score in the last quarter of an hour after the second water break kicked, uh, kicked in, I think, nine, ten wides and all so a difficult day but a good win considering it's a good Waterford team that they, they, they defeated and they, the goal was at the start of the weekend Rory, to reach a National League semi-final and Cork have done that but maybe not in the manner that they would have wished
1: What happened in that last quarter that Cork didn't score? Was it just that they sat back and sat off Waterford or were just Waterford too strong for them in that last quarter?
0: Well they were leading two eleven to 6 points so I suppose at that point the game the result was pretty much uh, we, we felt in the, in the press box was pretty much done and dusted however um, this is a very very tenacious I think water for a team a young team that's coming it's coming good it's coming good over the last couple of years they got a goal from Emma Murray uh, and a couple of points then from the brilliant Maria della la Hunty a a free and just with about 3 or 4 minutes to go Cork lost Orla Finn to a yellow card offence and then lost Mara Callaghan so they finished with 13 players but the frustrations, I think, were the fact that the referee today. Um, to be fair, we don't like criticising referees, but Austin O'Connell from Galway, uh, like he, he frustrated again, frustrating, blew for an awful lot of petty Folds. when you compare the physicality of the Cork and Dublin game from the week before which we covered um, it was a very very different game and refereed here today and it, it, it certainly did add to Cork's frustrations I wouldn't say they were hanging on near the end but th- that goal um, when Rosheen Tobin scored with about a minute into injury time reduced the deficit to three points and they were down to 13 players they really had to kick on and make sure of the victory but they used all their experience to see out the closing minutes um, not the manner they would have wanted to have won but they'll take it
1: So all needs to be worked on now before they've done goal game?
0: A hell of a lot, Rory. Um, <laughs> between, I suppose, in one way, for me, from the Stirling and point of view, it's a good position to be in. They've won, like, bouncing back from the Dublin defeat. They played well today in patches, to be fair to The first half wasn't great. Um, like, they were only one five to five points up at half time at um, first half goal again from one of Cork's best players actually Cork's best player this year so far in the league Kiro Sullivan, she's having a great year mm. um, it was far from perfect at half time weather has to be taken into account as well it was incredibly warm incredibly dead heat but again it felt like a bit of a championship edge to it which is no harm because that's what both teams would yeah. have wanted third quarter they were excellent Cork really were excellent in the third quarter um, Breida Sullivan Kira Sullivan two more Nobby players um, combining for Cleary to get her second goal of the day. Emma Cleary coming off the bench to kick a point. And there was good performances as well all over the field today. Orla Finn, we have to mention her as well. The two Kinsale forwards, Cy Valeri and Orla Finn, were excellent. Um, had good days at the office. And in the room midfield, they could Hannah Looney, Melissa Duggan, battling well. And the backs did really well today, to be fair to them. I know things got a bit ropey towards the end. But Ashley Hutchings, Imer and and Sean O'Kelly, especially in the first half, had their hands full. And they did quite well. Cork got the result they wanted. Not its performance, maybe that they wanted, but they're going to have to up it seriously because they're taking on a Dunie goal team, Rory, that put four twenty one past Galway this afternoon. Geraldine McLaughlin getting two seven, Karen uh, Guthrie's getting two four. These types of players are at the top end of the scale, and Cork. First of all, they need to work on their kick-out strategy. Second, they need to tighten up at the back. And thirdly, they need to play for a full 60 minutes, something they haven't done in the three-league games so far this year.
1: As you say, George Donegal beating Galway 421-21 today. That's going to be a very, very uh, interesting battle between Donegal and Cork in the last four.
0: It is and look people need to remember that last year Donegal may not have been on a lot of people's radar but I felt having watched it they gave Dublin along with Cork their toughest match of the year and they are more than capable um, of going toe-to-toe with the best teams in the country those two players that I just mentioned there you know, combining for 4-11 against not, not the worst Galway team in the world no, but they obviously had their homework done this would be a step up with the greatest respect to Waterford again for Cork next weekend but that's what Efi Fitzgerald wants he wants to test his team wants to see how they're going to fare against top teams especially in the league because if Cork have aspirations of closing the gap to Dublin and overtaking them, Donegal and Mayo, and who are the other semi finalists Dublin and Mayo, they're the teams that they have to overcome. To do that, they need to get 60 minutes under the belt, a full 60 minutes. And there was, there was a lot of positives there. I don't want to be overly negative. Mm. Like, there were some really good performances. I mean, Kira O'Sullivan, I mentioned there again, she was fantastic. it has been the backline, that half backline. Emma Spillan, Eric O'Shea were on the wings, and Maeve Callan had a good enough outing as well, in fairness towards centre back, and all the subs that they brought on, including the returning Imer Scali. Um, I mean, that's another bonus. And you just took one look on the sideline today, Rory, at the players who have yet to feature. On Terry O'Sullivan, Laura O'Mahony, Nev Cotter. Um, like, that's just a handful of them. I mean, there's a lot of very, very good players and, of course, in my opinion, their most important forward during O'Sullivan. So there's a lot to look forward to. But this semi-final, the semi-final, National League semi-final next weekend, will be an absolute cracker between two very, very attack-minded teams. But Cork need to open another 10-15% of Geron have any chance of beating Donegal and getting to a league final and possibly another crack at the dubs.
1: Yeah, looking forward to that. Jarrah. thanks very much for joining us. Safe trip home. Always. No That's Jerry McCarthy there, our man uh, down in Farfield today for Cork's win. And don't forget to check out the Women in Sport podcast hosted by Jarrah, every Thursday on Cork, so if you get that on the Big Red Bench podcast Thursdays at 12 noon, so be sure and check that out this coming Thursday. It's always a cracking podcast, I'm sure Thursdays will be absolutely no exception. I'm going to get some reaction from the Waterford side. This is their manager, Kieran Curran.
2: Um, obviously, disappointment at losing that match, but I would imagine they, uh,
5: an awful lot of positives to take also from Waterford. They put in a really good performance. Yeah, look, I, I think the game was played at a really high tempo and a high pace. And uh, look, the league obviously is followed by the championship. So when you're comparing, when you're when you're preparing for a championship, like that's a really good test to get today. Um, like we're obviously disappointed we didn't win it, but Cork deserved their victory and they played really well. So um, credit to them. But uh, from our point of view, um, yeah, it's progress. You know, um, we came up in 2019, won the Division Two league, uh, cemented our status last year, and again this year, you know, we just kind of put ourselves in the position that if we had come out the right side of the result today we'd be in a semi-final so mm. look that's progress from our point of view but uh, as I say same same time every time you go out you, you'd like to win but that wasn't to be our lot today so congratulations to Cork and relation to that
2: um, much like Cork, uh, Kieran, you, you've got a, a. You used your bench, and you've been using your bench quite quite a lot in these last three la- National League games. But it's essentially, today, the players that are coming off the bench, one, they're getting the experience, but
5: two, getting those minutes against a team like Cork um, will benefit them later on as well. Yeah, and, and we do feel that this year that we have a much stronger panel in general, um, an additional panel. So, um, look, when you have a panel like that, you have to put them in as well. You have to give them game time, and you have to they have to contribute to the to the overall performance. And I think they did that today and they have done that in the last couple of games so um hopefully we, we'll have that to call on come championship as well and what happens though between now and championship what's the what's the the plan for the waterford squad yeah look we were just i suppose get back into it now and um focus on training for the next couple of weeks and sure look it won't be it's, it's only around the corner um like it's five weeks away so you'll be be coming back maybe getting a challenge match a couple of weeks before that and uh, just really knuckling down and training hard now for over the next couple of weeks
1: that's Kieran Curran, the Ward for Manager in conversation with Jerome McCarthy. Uh, Serena Williams is out of the French Open. She's been beaten in straight sets by Elena Rybakina today at Roland Garros, Roland Garros. Williams, of course, looking for her 24th Grand Slam, but it's not going to happen at the French Open. One more interview from Fraher Field during conversation with Car coach Pally O'Shea.
2: Uh, Paddy O'Shea I mean a 3 point win down in Waterford it was as hard earned as it sounds uh, but like this is a decent Waterford team that's coming and coming over the last couple of years but from your point of view and Cork's point of view there's obviously positives to take out but how frustrating were certain sections of the game tonight it's yeah
6: it's a third league game and I suppose they've all been the same and that we'll take negatives and positives over all of them but this one left a bit of a frustration, frustrating feeling emotes, I suppose and that's probably the, the most negative thing we'll take out of today um, yeah Waterford what they do, they do very well they frustrate you coming down here is very difficult they're never out of the game I mean, you see the lead people up there and they never stop their fitness levels really surprised me in that they were going to the very very end um, but the last quarter would be the disappointing thing for us I don't think we scored after the second water bag. I think they scored 2-3 so that's a lot so that's that, that's my biggest worry going
2: home You don't have much time to dwell on it I know you, you build on it but you've got Donegal uh, now very fast coming up again now next weekend um, it's like another cliche with the Northern teams but Donegal were one of the best teams in the championship last year, this is not going to be easy.
6: No, Donegal, it'll be, it'll be similar to today. They'll try to frustrate us as well. And I think it's for me, it's a good thing that we don't have much time to dwell on this. It's a quick turnaround. We two sessions during the week. We have to assess now how hard or how easy we push them during the week. Um, watching the game tape, of this won't be a lot of fun for a lot of the game, but um, it has to be done. And we do the same thing. It's week by week. We we'll prepare as the weeks come on. We we'll kind of worry about ourselves for the week, and then we will give Donegal. Um, you know, we we'll, we'll discuss them come
2: Friday. And just. For one of the positives, I think, from this season, just from the three league games that we've covered so far, the use of the bench. I mean, you must be pleased with the impact. You have know, Scali now making an appearance as well on top of everything else today. But it's been the younger players, the likes of Katie Quirk, the likes of uh, Emma Cleary, Maeve Carlan, all coming in at different times, but making an impact, which is what you want to see.
6: Yeah, and it's been the case for the three games. Tipperary, that was certainly the case at halftime. Dublin again last week, and today that's what was talking about. And today, this was coming into a difficult game and difficult circumstances. There was at times today there was a bit of panic and a bit of chaos the place and I just like if we were more controlled when that happens. If we could kind of reset and take a few deep breaths. So, like from the sub's so point of view, coming in in those circumstances and doing as well as it did is a, a,
1: a big positive for us. That's Paddy O'Shea, there, core coach, speaking to Jar after today's win over Waterford, that sets up the semi-final against Donegal. As Jar was mentioning, that is going to be a very very tough game against a, a good Donegal side with a great win today. Um, as they scored four goals in their victory over Galway, 421 to 211. So that should be a cracking semi final uh, next weekend. But as you heard there from Paddy and you even heard from Martina as well, they're going to concentrate on themselves this weekend and get themselves right. Worry about uh, the opposition coming closer to the game. But a good one for Cork today. If maybe the performance might have been a little bit lacking, as Jarrah was mentioning, against a decent Waterford side. But the victory was the most important thing. They got that. And now it's on to Donegal. Alright, the the uh, Cork hurlers last night, uh, beaten by Limerick in a, a dress rehearsal for the Championship, 33 points to 219, was how it finished. Uh, Limerick, uh, but just by contrast, I suppose, had nine of their All-Ireland final winning team out last night. Cork had a young team, Kingston's hand, I suppose, um, forced by injuries. Uh, just one starter over 24, and that was Damien Cahillan as well in that starting 15, so a very, very youthful Cork side um, lining out at the Gaelic Grounds last night Valerie was there and uh, along with the rest of the media got to hear from Cork boss Ken Kingston
7: We It was going to be tough coming up here um, we were under no illusions instead of before the game uh, and you can see that in the first half I thought all lads it was probably shell-shocked in, in, in some ways and uh, uh, so we said we'd play with the wind in the first half to see kind of ease us into the game a little bit but it didn't work out that way and we were probably lucky to be only down 10 points at halftime being realistic about it even though we missed a couple of goal chances. So you know, we regrouped the second half, but in a bit more experience. And uh, we asked the lads at half-time
8: to try and win the second half, which they did. And that was pleasing. Is it, is it the kind of game that can stand the feathers or be educational to them like you know to be exposed to, to what Limerick can do like and you know to, to learn from it and, and improve? Oh yeah absolutely like you know, I think you can't you couldn't teach that on the, on, 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 on the video or in the training
7: ground what, what those lads learned tonight uh, but I was proud of them the way they kept going the second half they never give up and uh, I think we finished the second half 1-12 to, to 12 to thirteen when or was 113, 12 points. Or twelve to thirteen. So that was good, like and we missed a few chances albeit I know that they had they had a good good number of wides, I'm not sure exactly, but they certainly had a lot of wides. Twenty. Uh, twenty wides and we probably missed another two or three goals we could have got so look, at the end of the day we'd have taken a second half, but I mean, certainly at half time we were we looked like we were dead and buried you know?
8: And and like when you make so many changes like that I- is it always the risk like that that something like this would happen. I think they had nine of the team that won the other and whereas you know you had a lot of fellas who were new to the, the, the team this year like and, and still pointing their feet at this level. Yeah, but with the changes, people might with the
7: changes the only two the only two that were available to us that weren't picked were um, we'd say from the last year Patrick Horrigan and Luke Mead, the rest of all the other lads are injured. Uh, so we they weren't available to us, so like everybody that was available in our panel was here tonight. Yeah, uh, so look, that's kind of side of people might say you were playing silly buggers or something, but no, we, we brought everyone tonight who was available to us from on our panel. The other lads were just were sitting understand the standing there injured, you know. There
8: were a lot fun. of difficulties in your all puck out in the first half I mean. Yeah.
7: Like they put huge pressure on our puck out in the first half and got a lot of turnovers and got a lot of success from it. We kinda of changed that around the half time. We worked better in the second half, but uh, first half in particular. Um, put a lot of pressure and got a lot of turnovers, got a lot of scores out of it. And no, we, we contribute as well ourselves in some unforced errors as well, you know? You, mentioned you, look, mentioned it, you know. you mentioned the goal scoring opportunities. You must be happy that you're making so many. Yeah, like, I mean, i I'd, I'd look back and I know, but I'd, I'd say we probably created around six tonight. Um, and uh, that was good. We could have taken maybe one or two others. But look, that was good that they kept, kept trying to do what we were trying to do. When you mentioned injuries, like four weeks out now, is anyone yeah. particularly concerned about the yeah look, we'll reassess them during the week, but yeah, we've a couple of ones that I say are going to be long term, you know. Yeah. Uh Collins Plan for example, and Bill Cooper we're not sure he's in all right today, so we have a, we have a couple of doubtful ones. The rest, the Tim O'Manny's, Darrell Fitzgibbons, Sean O'Donoghue, Seamus Harnades. Um they they should be back for next week. They should be back for next weekend. So Cullen and Billard are Billard the longest and Owen one should be back. Like we've probably two or three long term and the other four. I think top of the head now, we've missing guys, but certainly Sean, Tim, Dara, Shami Harindee, uh they should be
8: all back by Alan Cadigan, Owen Cadd should be all back for next weekend. What was the nature of Alan's injury? Hamstring. Okay, it's okay. yeah. disappointing for the player, like given that he's been going so well in the previous couple
7: of games. Yeah, I pulled it on towards the night in training, so look, that's just, you know, we've, we've uh, Shami Harndy is the same hamstring as well, and, and Dara fit, so I'm... Um, but as I say they all should be back for the Galway game which is a big game for us now
8: and and like given that Limerick had lost two before this and Cork weren't beaten was it a game that I I don't want to say that you could afford to lose but you know uh, of of all the games in the fixture this it was going to be the toughest one that you, you wouldn't be kind of budgeting two points for yeah, prob- probably probably was, and I suppose
7: like we'd have, t- as I said before the game, we'd have taken where we were to start of the league. now. yeah, um so, so like to be more competitive
8: tonight, suppose, obviously. Yeah. Would you take? Would you have taken the start of the league where you are now after four games win yeah. the Galway match? Absolutely, you would. Yeah. I think we're in a position now. Like, I mean, we we, we five points on board.
7: Um, we'd have taken out to start the league, absolutely. Given the we had to go to Tipper, had to go to Limerick yeah. and, and Waterford in Finals coming to Cork, so yeah, we would have taken that one hundred percent. Yeah.
1: That's Karen Kingston there speaking after last night's uh, defeat to Limerick, uh, thirty-three points to two nineteen. That was how that finished. Going to hear from the Limerick side now, and John Kiley John
9: finally
1: a smile on face in the win. Yeah, um, listen, you
10: know, it took it took five weeks to get one, but we got there eventually. Um, again, an improved performance. I think is the the real message. Really, I suppose you know, week on week we have been improving and. Looking yeah, for those improvements. And uh, again tonight, you know, our work rate was up and you know, our use of the ball was much better. Um, our energy levels was much better really, you know, that's the bottom line. Uh,
0: even shutting down clocks,
11: pockets as
10: well in first half. Yeah, the lads as I said, you know, it's energy like that takes energy, it takes effort and it takes cohesion as a unit as well. You can't just have one or two doing it on their own, everybody has to be doing it. So, you know, the lads worked hard on that tonight and they got they got uh, dividends from it. Sean Phillips,
4: injured
8: you he's
10: for him. Um, Listen, I don't know exactly what the nature of it is, but as in, you know, the degree of seriousness of it, but it is a a hamstring tweak, you know, but we'll have to assess during the course of the week now and see how much of a a strain it is.
5: John, great discipline, particularly in that first half. I don't think there was a free giving away even ahead of the the first water break. You you must have been happy with that and and got off to a, a flying start, albeit with a lot of wides in there.
10: Yeah, listen. You know the boys were very honest in their endeavour tonight, and were very focused on, you know, getting the ball. They showed good patience in their, in their tackling, but most of all, you know, it wasn't just one guy that was making the tackle; it was the second and third guy that was making it as well. So, you know, they worked really hard as a unit, I think, and as you say, disciplined. And uh, listen, against a side like this, you have to. be.
5: You mentioned the, the energy levels and, and the cohesiveness, which was, was clearly evident, I thought, in, in this game compared to the, the last couple of games. Was just looking at certain moments of the game where, where that first goal went in, you, you got the next five points after that. Court maybe went on and got a bit of a purple patch after that. You went on another run of scores. That must be pleasing and, and it's maybe, I suppose, similar to, to the, 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 the play of last year, maybe. Yeah,
10: listen. We, we would always pride ourselves on our our response to, to the opposition, and when they're getting their strength, you know, on the board, you know, s- such as moments like that, you know, we have to respond, and that's an important aspect of our our makeup, if you like, and our personality as a team. So uh, it was great to see it back there tonight. Colin
5: Coughlin as well uh, had a great game. Got two points from play as well on
10: top of it. yeah. I, I'm glad we picked him kind of forward, you know. <laughs> I don't know what it, <laughs> When I looked up here I was wondering which way we were playing but listen for a young lad to come on and you know make his debut I suppose that's, that's, a, that's a great plus for him now and a great confidence builder but you know to be fair to all the young lads who come in I think they've all contributed uh, you know in a very positive way to our training and to the games that they've gotten an opportunity in and you know it's a long road ahead for those lads they've got to make learnings every day they go out and you know, if they can keep building on their confidence and building on their performances, you know, they're going to make a very That's good contribution hopefully in the future to the Limerick Corner.
5: Johnson, how important was, was the momentum? I, I, I know every, everyone will probably have a, an eye on Championship time and, and when these two teams meet again, I'm sure you're expecting a different cork, but how part was that for momentum going into uh, in
10: the I League? Uh, listen, every, we took to wait five weeks to get a win, you know, first, f- our first win. So, Uh, confidence is hugely important. Uh, People talk about momentum. Yeah, momentum is is a help, possibly, you know, and can be there within games and outside of games. But I think confidence is the number one thing. And, you know, we've never lost our confidence in our ability, and the players have never lost confidence in their ability. We knew we just had a lot of work to do, and we've had an opportunity now the last two weeks to build on that, and we've worked really hard. We know, and we're honest enough to know, that we have lots more improvements to, to come on. Uh, We still have a few lads that are carrying a few knocks, we'd like to get them better and get them on the field again, so we have plenty to work on.
1: That's John Colley there speaking to the media after last night's win over Cork uh, an impressive win for Limerick Cork with a, a bit of work to do but certainly uh, a lot of uh, I suppose shadow boxing I suppose ahead of the championship meeting between the sides in just four weeks' time it's going to be absolutely fantastic cannot wait for that battle so uh, we'll uh, certainly be previewing that game on the big red bench over the coming weeks and uh, next Saturday we are live from Porky Cueve uh, from 6pm to celebrate our sponsorship of the red fm hurling leagues for 2021 so valerie and i will be live in parky queef next saturday evening with a special hurling show so that should be an absolutely cracking hour of radio next saturday evening 6 p.m hope you can join us for that one still to come on the show this evening we are going to talk to the cork people who ran the 4x4x48 challenge which is four miles Every four hours for forty-eight hours. Um, it's ex- <laughs> as excruciatingly tough as you can imagine. We'll talk to them next, and we're also going to hear from Cork County as they prepare to return to action after a lengthy layoff. They're back in action tomorrow against Clontarf. The Neil Prenderville Show.
0: The Irish pub. It's usually up the road, down the road, or out the road, and it's where all the scale is told. A place where people meet and socialise with each other and have the crack. Irish pubs are famous for all that. For many people, the pub is like their home from home, and without it, they have really felt very alone. In the Irish pubs, we celebrated, laughed, and occasionally, as we would say, in Cork, got langrated. how we enjoyed ourselves. It was hard to beat it.
11: The Neil Prenderville Show.
4: With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco,
1: every little helps.
0: Missed the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. The... Big
1: red bench. Now, over the weekend, uh, a group of Cork people from Training for Warriors Gym in Cork embarked on the 4x40, 4x4x48 challenge, which was they ran four miles every four hours for 48 hours. And they did so to raise funds for Pieta House. Um, Charlie McCarthy of TFW Cork joins me now. Charlie, um, first off, congratulations. That is um, an incredible achievement you've, uh, you've accomplished.
9: Thanks a million, Roar, yeah, we're, we're all very, very proud of ourselves, definitely the hardest thing we've ever done in our life, and we won't ever be doing it again. <laughs> Tell me,
1: um, take us back to the start, Charlie, how did this all come about, and who came up with the idea, and, and why did you decide to do it?
9: Um, well, I suppose last year we'd done um, something for charity as well, we we done a marathon for MS Ireland, you know, because um, with the lockdown and everything, none of us could train, so we decided to take up running, which was kind of mad. So we started off by doing like 2K and literally hated it and then that <laughs> turned into doing a marathon. So so this year basically I said look we're going to have to do something more crazy than a marathon so uh, we saw this David Coggins challenge the 4x, 4x48 and I don't know why but I said we give that a try and Literally got the guys on board and we ended up doing it over the weekend.
1: It sounds like um such a deceptively simply simple challenge just oh, it's only 4 miles every 4 hours. So you do that in your sleep. But um how did it go down?
9: Um well I suppose the worst thing is we started at 4 a.m. um so that already interrupted our first night's sleep, you know. Yeah. Um and from from day one we thought it was hell for for the very first one, you know. Um, but really the worst thing was really it's just the, the, the night ones you know going at 12pm and 4am uh, they're, they're very very hard to get up and get up and run but I suppose what got us through really was just the team spirit you know running with everyone having a bit of banter having the chat you know and that's really what got us through it
1: um, Sleep deprivation must have been a massive thing Charlie was it?
9: Completely yeah yeah. you'd be lucky to get an hours an hour's rest between any of the four miles you know
1: yeah because I'd imagine when you finish like the legs are just buzzing and I suppose you can't really come down from that for a while
9: Exactly yeah yeah. really um, you kind of have to do a bit of recovery and things like that with one guy rightly who seemed to have uh, had a nap after every run I don't know how he did it
1: Perfect <laughs> <For a bit laughs> room um, How do you train for something like this Charlie?
9: Um, a lot of running obviously mm. um, basically we've we, we we probably done you know at least three to five runs per week you know whereas we, we had some kind of blaggers group who didn't run at all and still managed <laughs> to do most of the challenge, you know. So, um, realistically, again, it's a mental thing, like, you know, just getting through it as a team, you know.
1: Yeah, fantastic stuff. And, like, um, what was the hardest part of it? I mean, like, what was the thing you found the toughest?
9: Um, I probably think just going into day two and going into the night runs was literally um, just exhausting, you know, having having to kind of stay up and then go again and literally... Your legs are like bricks, you know, and having to run again, you know. So we were trying to kind of keep a nice pace for all of them. So definitely just the night runs and day two.
1: I joined you guys yesterday for a leg of it. I think was it leg eight or nine it was yesterday, and you were already hanging at that point. So, I mean, let's like, keep right. on doing another four, three or four after that. It's oh, something I else.
9: Thanks a million for joining us. You're very good.
1: No, it was um, really enjoyable to even just do a small part even though I only did like uh, four miles yesterday. But to see you guys like to do four miles, I just thought it was incredible. And as you mentioned, um, the team spirit and the buzz of everyone just on that run was fantastic.
9: Yeah, yeah, especially, you know, our last one. We did our last one now last night at, at midnight, you know, and you'd think that everyone would have been in bit today and everyone was just in great spirits, you know. We really had a, it was probably the best run of them all, the last one. You'd think it'd be the worst one, but the last one really was really enjoyable and you know, everyone was buzzing, you know.
1: And I suppose the the great thing about this is Charlie it wasn't just a challenge for a challenge's sake you're raising money for Pieta House uh, and you've raised quite a lot of money already
9: That's right we're nearly up to 8,000 now I think with a goal of 10,000 you know so uh, if there's anyone out there who can help us get that last few quid just to get to the 10,000 we'd really appreciate it you know so in aid of a good cause as well Pieta House and we're doing it for our friend Gary you know Mm. who um, actually lost somebody to suicide recently enough you know so um A guy Andy, so all you know, all the good cause.
1: Yeah, fantastic cause, and these I'll tweet out the link to that on the the big red bench Twitter account. Um, I'm almost afraid to ask this, Charlie. but What's the next challenge?
9: I don't know, but I did have to mention (laughs) that two of the lads done this as well with 10kg uh, vest. Why? Why would you do that? And Connor said, make sure you let everyone know that they did that. So. um, the next challenge, oh my god, I don't know how we're gonna beat this, but whatever it's gonna be anyway, it'll be nothing got to do with running through the night. <laughs> Fantastic. It's <laughs> definitely gonna be something hard anyway. I, I think this is gonna be yearly thing that we're gonna to have to do, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. And um obviously you finished yesterday. I mean like what's the reaction been like to your body? I mean, like how are you feeling now today?
9: Um I can't really walk to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's actually not too bad, you know. Um <clears throat> We're doing a good bit of recovery between sessions, you know, hydrating well and things like that. So um, luckily I can I can still walk and uh, it's not too bad, thank God. But some of the other lads, no, right, are are, are pretty bad, you know. So um, we'll go up and see them to see you later on.
1: <laughs> Charlie, pleasure talking to you, buddy. Enjoy the celebrations tomorrow, man, and I'll chat you soon.
9: Okay, thanks, Roar. Cheers.
1: That's Charlie McCarthy there from uh, Training for Warriors Cork and Forge Hill who uh, completed the 4x4x48 challenge over the weekend to raise money for Pieta House as well as Charlie mentioned they are... um, Uh, they set a target of 10 grand they're almost at that if you can help them I'm going to tweet out the link uh, at Big Red Bench and uh, it'll be fantastic to raise uh, 10k for Pieta House and uh, for a very worthwhile cause as Charlie mentioned there Um, but yeah fantastic Uh, join the lads as I mentioned to Charlie there join the lads for a leg of it yesterday and uh, there was a great buzzer run from all the lads because they'd been I uh, they think that there they they were eight runs in at that point and I, I joined them at 8 o'clock yesterday morning down in Harty's Key to do four miles and uh, it was really really enjoyable great uh, fun but the the guys were I think delirious at that point and they still had a lot more to go so congratulations to all of them they were absolutely fantastic and uh, doing it for such a fantastic cause as well in Pieta House be sure and uh, check out the link I'll tweet that out in just a little bit and best of luck to CFW and indeed all the gyms in Cork as well and they're reopening tomorrow, it's been a long time since people can get back into the gym so best of luck to them on that I've basically spent the last week writing up various different excuses as to why I can't go back to the gym so I'm really looking forward to uh, giving them a run out uh, later in the week Okay, cricket season is back and I'm joined by our good friends from Cork County Cricket Club, Rob Duggan and Ross Gearty. Lads, how are you? Very good, thank you Thanks for joining us First off Rob I might start with yourself um, Massive excitement Around the club I suppose Not just with the return Of the senior first team But cricket activity As a whole around the club
11: Absolutely um, The past month Has been A high of activity uh, From under 11s Right Well under 9s Right up to The adult team So um, we, we kicked off With the youth stuff uh, Had two weeks of that And then the adults Got back into it um, Starting in May Or mid Second week of May um, so, yeah, it's been all go. Uh, the weather hasn't always played, played along, but, um, yeah, uh, the excitement is building.
1: And Ross, how excited are you just to, to finally get back out there and play?
11: Good,
12: because uh, from a personal point of view, it's been nearly 18 months plus for me because uh, last last season I uh, did my um, meniscus. So, yeah, I had a whole season off last, last year, so I'm dying to get back. And obviously all the lads are dying to get back we've, we've all been uh, cooped up for too long so as soon as the weather's good and thankfully it's brightened up a bit and we can get out uh, everyone's dying to get back Yet, yeah.
1: what was the recovery like from that injury and I suppose how frustrating how frustrating was it being sat there on the sidelines for the summer
12: oh I'm used to it um, <laughs> they called me sick note so um, no, no <laughs> I, it's been a constant thing for me um, my my knee so uh, I, I'm used to periods in and out but hopefully this time uh, uh, the surgery will, will keep me going for another few years but uh, I, I wasn't even able to spectate much uh, last year so uh, it's good to be back around
11: the club and good to be uh, back down there
1: And Rob, obviously good to have Ross back
11: Absolutely, um, he's coming back as the uh, the club captain so bundles of experience um, and leadership um, so look it, 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 there's a talented bunch of guys there so it's, it's good to have someone like Ross just leading the way Ross how was it like
1: over the last couple of months I suppose all the team meetings done over Zoom and kind of like training remotely and stuff like that how was that?
12: <laughs> Interesting. Well, it's, it's, it's the first time we've been able to, we, we did proper strength and conditioning instead of uh, doing our indoor nets. So obviously we weren't able to do anything uh, as a group. So we, we got a strength and conditioning guy in uh, and a lot of guys got on board with that. So um, it really helped me with my recovery as well. So, uh, it, you know, the first few sessions when we got back out there, uh, you could really feel the difference. So uh, it was good. We were able to do different things, so yeah,
1: we made the most of it. Rob, how did you find it all?
11: Yeah, it was really good. As Ross said, and um, we, we got the Darren Elery there from Energize Fitness came on or just helped yeah, he helped us out. Um and as Ross says, like the guys the guys who bought into it, you know, felt the effects when we went straight back out. So yeah, you know, we, we tried to make the most of it. It was difficult, you know, we couldn't do obviously do group stuff, couldn't do skills together or anything like that. So we just said, look, this focus, strength and conditioning, this could be in some good shape. Because,
1: you know, it's going to be a quick turnaround, which, which it has been. So you guys will be the fittest team
11: this year, so? Some of the team will be. <laughs> some.
1: <Okay. laughs> I'm not going to name any names, no?
12: <laughs> they know who they are.
1: Uh, Ross, tell us, um this season, I suppose, a bit more compact uh, due to the nature of COVID and I suppose everything else. So can you tell us what the kind of structure is for the season ahead?
12: Yeah. Um, once again, uh, fr- from a first point of view, first of all, we're we we're, um, we're competing in Leinster and Munster again. Obviously, we've got the fifty over and the and the twenty over comps. Uh, so a lot of cricket in a short space of time, double weekends, most weekends. So it'll be a good squad effort. Uh, we're kicking off with the twenty over Leinster stuff and Munster stuff, and uh, hopefully then after. We get some uh, that that will be our pre-season in a sense, uh, and hopefully that will lead on to the fifty-over stuff. Um, so lots of matches, lots of games for guys. It needs a big group effort, and a lot of sacrifice, uh, and from a club point of view, obviously we've got four teams competing, and a lot of the underage stuff, which is really important. We've got huge numbers out underage uh, seventy-plus uh, under 11s um, so it's been great to see we're kicking, uh, we're doing stuff every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with the youngsters, and uh, it's been great turnout. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to the season ahead.
1: And Rob, as Ross mentioned, there's seventy plus kids involved with the club. It's a sign of a healthy club, and there's a very active and very uh, busy, I suppose, uh, underage section.
11: Yeah, absolutely. The, you know, the youth section has grown year year on year, um, and, and I think this year we just had a give it a bash session for for girls on Sunday. Which again was really well attended, and but it you know it's it, it's a huge um, burden on the coaching staff, but like we you know we're loving it because you know the kids are love you know really enthusiastic, want to learn, and you know the sport is definitely growing, especially at that age group. Uh, I think Ross would testify the, the numbers are really 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 healthy.
1: Yeah, Ross must be fantastic to see that amount of uh, kids exposed around the club.
12: Oh, it's brilliant because it's the only way to sustain a club properly you know um so it, it, it's great because we've had we, we used to struggle before because we were relying on uh, members you know to give up a lot of their time but now we've got a lot of parents uh helping out which is really crucial guys like pat donnelly and steve ross and others uh who've made a huge contribution over the last couple of seasons uh so it's great to have that support from parents uh it kind of inspires guys like me and Robert who've been around the club for a long time to keep going and uh, keep putting the work in Uh, and the club looks very healthy so it's important that we just keep that momentum going keep on top of it keep the structures good and uh, you, you will benefit from it in the years to come you
1: know certainly so yeah um, as you mentioned there lads, a lot of double weekends ahead A lot of it's a lot of commitment to be asking for fellas for the summer Rob but I suppose given that people have been able to play and get out I suppose everyone's kind of buzzing for it and raging to go
11: yeah well what I said to them at the end of last season is you know enjoy your lockdown with the wives and family because <laughs> you won't see them for a summer <laughs> <laughs> um, you know uh, look yeah look um, I think myself and Ross are sort of kind of we know what to expect uh, I, I think a few of them might know the full rigours of a, a you know a seasoned comedian in both competitions but yeah look it's going to be a lot of cricket it'll mean a lot of the younger guys get pushed up as well they'll get opportunities so you know in one way it's kind of good it, it stretches the squad and gives other guys opportunities um, but look then come September middle of late September everyone will have played a hell of a lot of cricket mm-hmm. so and that's that's a, what we're about so hopefully it's good a lot of cricket us so for the summer absolutely <laughs> yeah um, yeah the Merritt should be very, very busy <laughs> so hopefully um, July August we might have spectators allowed in We'll, we'll see what
1: happens. Yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, like, obviously, you can't have spectators in for, for the games at the start, but getting crowds yeah. back, and there's always a great buzzer on the Marduk match day. So I know it's great to be back playing, but being back playing in front of a crowd is going to be a fantastic feeling.
11: Yeah, like, even just you know the walk ins and people just having a nose and stuff. But, but even the older club members who just want to come down and watch, watch the game, you know, they, they can't, unfortunately, at the moment. So, um, look let, let's play by year, by year and see what, what the guidance is mm. in a couple of weeks um, but yeah let's get back playing and you know take it from there
1: there'll be a couple of people watching at the gate the first few weeks at would well, <laughs> <laughs>
11: Yeah, peeking <laughs> out. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah Ross can you talk to me about the, the squad you have this year
12: yeah uh, this year the squad's a bit more stable last year we had a, uh, a, a bit of a change of, change of the guard you could say and um so a, few new, uh, a lot of new guys coming in, uh, Australian, uh, sorry, South African, uh, English, a few new guys. Um, so this year we, we've we kept all those guys and we've got another guy from South Africa coming over, Byron, uh, which will be a good addition. So, yeah, one year on with the squad that we had last year, be able to gel a bit more. Uh, Rob was actually involved a lot more last year with, with those group of guys, so I, I'm leaning on him a lot. To guide me. Um, so yeah, good stable squad, a good range of ages we've got from the young to uh, to the very old, like Rob and the, the middle of the range, like me. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, no, we got it. We got a good spread of ages, good experience, good youth, and a bit of stability. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
11: Rob, who are
1: some of the names we should be looking out for this
12: summer?
11: Um, obviously Ross Shirley um, <laughs> well obviously <yeah. laughs> no uh, genuinely uh, uh, Rudolph Pollard had a really good season last year Sadiq um, Siddiqui who captained the first team last year you know experienced guy played with the club for over a decades a great experience um, two of the youngsters to look out for would be Shano Sullivan and Samuel Gautam um, as Ross said, we got a, a young staff can come over who's gone to CIT uh, for a couple of years, Byron McDonough. Uh, so we're excited to see how he how he goes. Um, and you know, I think there's a, there's a few names like Alex Gasper, Benji Maris, You know, um, in in the middle order, and obviously um, we all know Harvey Wooten, son of the great Andy Wooten. So um, yeah, look, there's a it's an exciting squad. You know, there's no real superstars, but they're all they're all strong players and I think if they gel it's a really good tight unit so I I think they can they can do a few surprises this year
1: And Ross I suppose with the new names coming in the likes of Byron coming in uh, it freshens things up and keeps everyone kind of on their toes I guess
12: Ah totally and uh, especially with the new with the younger guys coming through as well uh, it has the same effect you know they bring a lot of energy um, enthusiasm and uh, that's what keeps you going, you know. Uh, I, me and Rob have been part of I don't know how many different teams. When you look at the at the pictures on the walls, you know, and uh, it, it just every season is a bit different. You have to you have to find a balance in the team, so it's 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 interesting. But uh, it definitely, I, I'm really looking forward to the next few years because uh, we have those uh, young guys, fifteen, sixteen, coming through. They should make an impression this year. Uh, but we we've a wealth of talent uh, under that, which is uh, which which definitely gives you uh, gives you the energy to keep going uh, for a bit longer. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how how the club goes in next year. Is definitely
1: certainly so. Uh, Rob back in action so on Monday, Clontarf. Um, it's going to be massively exciting. First off, well, the first game is just to get back on it. But what are you expecting from them on Monday?
11: Oh, Glantyruf are always a strong, strong opposition. Um, you know, we, we've had some really good battles with them down through the years, especially at the Merdick. Um, But, you know, look, they're, they're, they're a strong squad this year. They've recruited well. Uh, they've got a lot of strong homegrown talent as well. So, look, it's going to be a tough opener. Um, But, you know, it'll be a good good test for the lads and we'll get a good idea of where we are ourselves. Um, but, yeah, Glantyruf, good club. You know, good bunch of guys, so we're looking forward to welcoming them to the
1: Marduk Monday. And Ross, what's the? I suppose the target for the season. Have you set any targets for the season?
12: Well, definitely from like a, from a monster point of view, you know, you, you want to dominate. You want you want to do well, and you want to dominate. So get back the fifty over title. Uh, we've always done well in the T twenty. Get into the All Ireland T twenties hopefully get past the semi-final this time that, that, that'd that be great in Leinster like 20 over it's it's coming really early so you're really looking uh, to give everybody a go number one give everybody a chance to find their groove that would be our pre-season in a sense uh, and then once it, once it comes to the 50 over competition really be competitive and uh, look for guys to make a mark you know
1: Excellent stuff, lads. Been a pleasure talking to you today. I'm um, very, very blessed to look for the season ahead. No doubt we'll be talking to you as the season progresses. But uh, enjoy being back on Monday and enjoy the rest of the season. And we'll talk to you soon.
11: Sure, sure. Right. Thanks, Max.
1: Thank you. Yeah, great to talk to Ross and to Rob of Cork County Cricket Club as they prepare to return to action tomorrow. Massive excitement, uh, I'd imagine, around the club ahead of that game against Clown Tariff even though spectators won't be allowed in to see it. Uh, but fantastic to see cricket coming back and people getting out and all various sports returning over the last couple of weeks and indeed tomorrow as well so very best luck indeed to our friends at Cork County Cricket Club tomorrow Alright we are running out of time just going to take some uh, G audio from around the grounds today we're going to hear from uh, Tipperary boss uh, Liam Sheedy speaking after their Division 1 win over Westmeath today in the Allianz, that National Hurning League uh, he's been speaking to Tip FM after uh, today's win
2: Is that, or what are you thinking afterwards? Ah, Look, you know, I suppose it's it's mission accomplished. I always find these you
1: know these are tricky assignments. You know, you're coming up to Westmead, you know, in their own patch, and they would have been disappointed with their performance in Parky Queeves, So. Fairness, I thought early on there was a good spirit about the, the Westmead uh, challenge, and we missed some chances in that first quarter. So, the first quarter, there wasn't a whole pile in it, but we had a very strong second quarter, and that probably gave us the platform that we needed. And, you know, as I said, we created that. I think it could have been, you know, 115 to 7 at half time. So, we, we had that cushion going in at half time, and, uh, yeah, as I said, mission accomplished. You know, as I said, these are tricky assignments, just, you know, I would just say job done. let tip off Liam Sheedy. You're going to hear now from uh, Waterford Boss Liam Cahill after their uh, defeat uh, to Galway earlier on today. I suppose we're all trying to catch our breath after
10: that uh, a remarkable free-flowing game um, you started very well I thought uh, can you put words into that I'm you have a lot of scratching the heads so I know up in the press box there as well but crazy game
1: yeah, crazy game I suppose from my point of view you know, whatever it looked reasonably decent for up to 20 25 minutes of the first half and and then Galway took over and you know I think they turned I think we were 6 or 7 up at on one stage and looked to be you know in control of the game and we went in 4 points down at half time and ultimately they kicked on from that we we came a little bit again in the start of the second half looked to be putting it up to them but um, their movement and their, their I suppose their ability to find space and take off scores was ultimately the the big factor in the end and they were up very good for their eight point victory today That's Liam Cahill there after their defeat to Galway Kilkenny beating leash today 129 to 22 points this is Brian Cody speaking to KCLR As for look we're going out to Venice to
4: play a player they can clear playing really really well you know I mean they got a bad start to the league if you like and disappointing a start but since then they've been very very strong very very strong yesterday as well look we're talking we getting very very close to Championship time and everything from now on is geared towards Championship
1: and next weekend is going be big, big test for us yeah. and that was uh, the Kilkenny boss Brian Cody and lastly going to hear us, uh, just briefly from Wexford boss Dave Fitzgerald after their draw with Antrim yes they're cracking game really enjoyed that one last night uh, he was speaking to South East Radio
5: Anyway, you must be delighted with the way your team performed today. Yeah, it was a good performance. I'd say Davey would be happy enough coming away as well. They played a lot of the game with 14 men. Um, you know, a lot of the second half with 14 men. And, um, you know, the, the Wexford playing an, an exciting brand of hurling, you know, off the shoulder, lads attacking everywhere, brings a lot of, um, brings a lot of defensive focus for our lads to be tracking runners. And I thought we handled it well after the first 20 minutes.
1: Yeah, it's obviously not David Fitzgerald there, that's Antrim manager Darren Gleeson there speaking uh, to South East Radio after uh, last night's draw. Really enjoyed that game uh, last night for a play to Antrim, who have been going great guns in the league so far this season. But that's pretty much it from us for tonight. Thank you very much indeed for tuning our way. Our podcast will be online shortly. You can get that on redfm.ie, redextra.ie, or from wherever you get your podcasts or wherever good podcasts are sold. It's free anyway, so you can download it for free uh, using your chosen podcast provider. Uh, we're back next Saturday as I mentioned we are live in Porky Cueve next Saturday evening Valerie and I will be presenting the show live next Saturday from the park so uh, be sure and tune in for that uh, show it should be an absolute cracker as we celebrate our partnership with Courtier and our sponsorship of the Red FM Hurling Leagues for 2021. So really looking forward to that show next Saturday evening. Enjoy the rest of your night. Enjoy the rest of your bank holiday, folks. Connor Halpin's up next with all of the best in Irish music for the next three hours. Uh, Enjoy your Sunday, folks. And I'll speak to you from Porky Cueve next Saturday. The Big Red
12: Bench. Game on. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm.